Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Hope you're all healthy and safe. Mark and Mike with you. And if you've watched any postseason baseball in the last decade plus, you're probably very familiar with our guest today. He's a three-time World Series champion manager. He's Bruce Bochy. And Mark, you played for him on a team that also had a shot to win it all, too. Yeah, 1998, Mike, we ran into the New York Yankees in the World Series. They swept us. But I'll tell you one thing about Bruce Bochy. The players manager that just continued to get better and better. And that was his mentality as not only a player, but a coach, a manager, and he's evolved into arguably a Hall of Fame manager after three World Series titles. And I can't wait to dive into what it took to get to those moments and how special it was and how many people lent their knowledge to get him to where he was. Bruce, great to see you. Appreciate the time. We really want to start with your what we think might be your signature moment, you'll tell us. We think it's your fourth year as the Giants manager, 2010. You guide the team to its first World Series championship since the team moved to San Francisco. It'd be your first of three championships there, but you had a little bit of time and a lot of success since then. But what do you remember about beating Texas in 2010 with that team? Yeah, I look back uh 2010 and, uh, you know, that was – Probably, you know, if I look back at my signature moment, that that year uh, was was my moment uh, because really, I, you know, it's it was 35 years that I had been in baseball, signed in 1975, and uh, managing was what that was what 15 years, and uh, I had five postseasons, but never won a World Series. So, um, you know, that was such a, a, a big moment for me, and. Uh, I think what I remember as much as anything uh, in that postseason uh, and against Texas uh, was uh, Tim Lincecum. Uh, you know, he got us off on the right foot. He won the first game of that series uh, uh, to, to get us started. But uh, also he won the last game of the series. Uh, I think of Baumgartner who pitched a game before. Here's a 20-year-old kid that went out there and threw eight shutout innings. But, you know, before the last game, I just remember – uh, having trouble sleeping, you know, you're so close, you had the anticipation, you're nervous. And, uh, and so I couldn't wait to get it started. And, um, and, 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 you know, Timmy just pitched a great game. And when Brian Wilson threw that front door cutter on Nelson Cruz to strike him out in the world series, I just remember throwing my hands up and then I, I was numb for a few minutes there. And, uh, uh, just a moment that, uh, I, I still look back at, and see how special that was. And, you know, I was fortunate to win three, but that's the ring that I probably wear more than any ring when I do wear a ring is that 2010 World Series ring. Boach, when you think about it, uh, th- that team was known as the cast-offs and misfits. And it, it, it's really a, a description of the how the team played, uh, the grit, so many different players and, and different layers. But you have to have those heroes. You mentioned Tim Lincecum. Uh, that first playoff game, I think it was 14 punch outs he had just getting you getting you into that playoff race. But was there a time at, during that year that you felt that this team could do something special or was it really the snowball effect in the playoffs itself? Yeah, uh, no, great question. I I really felt going into 2010 that we had a chance uh, uh, to win our division. And the reason I'm saying that in 2009 we competed. Uh, I mean, we, we were contending, uh, 
up until early September. And uh, we had just a tremendous draft for two or three years. And, you know, we were getting the Lincecums up, uh, uh, the Bumgarners, uh, Posey's, uh, Sandoval, uh, Crawford's, all those guys were coming up. And uh, uh, so you could see it coming together. And and then uh, we added some great pieces, and that's what gave us the name uh, or nickname the Misfits, uh, you know, with uh, Aubrey Huff, uh, Pat Burrow, and these guys. Uh, and so we felt that, uh, you know, we could do it. But San Diego uh, was playing great ball that year, and they, they got up to a good start, and they were up, I think, seven, seven and a half games on us in August. And, you know, in the meetings that we would have, that was kind of the mantra, you know, guys hang in there, you know, they'll, they'll stumble, they'll trip. And uh, we just got to keep plugging. And, but August, uh, you know, that was when we were hoping to make some hay and we went 13 and 15. Lincecum went, I think, 0 and 5. And, and so it didn't quite go well, but San Diego had a worse August than us. So that's what kept us in it. So that gave us hope. And then September, our pitching staff just came together and they were unbelievable in, uh, in September. And we were up three games in San Diego. As you know, we lost the first two and then that last game we won. But to answer your other question, I think when the game you mentioned, when we played the Braves, we won one, nothing. Timmy struck out 14 com- uh, through a complete game. I, I really said this team has a chance to do something special. And I, I felt really good about our club. When you talked about uh, the Brian Wilson cutter and, and that moment as a manager, uh, the culmination of so many things to get to that point for yourself internally. And you have that embrace with all your coaches and, and, and you see that moment, you're constantly seeing it. Take us into the locker room of how you guys celebrated and what that was like for you, because that's really the time. It's not necessarily only that year. It's everything leading up to that moment for you personally. What was that like? Yeah, well, as I mentioned, uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of years, a lot of hard work. Uh, you know, uh, you, you get you know your your chances, uh, and when it doesn't quite happen, it's frustrating. And then you keep saying, "Just give me one more opportunity." And uh, and so here here we are in uh, 2010, and uh, playing a very good team. Uh, uh, the Rangers and I had a ton of family. It was in Texas uh, when, when we clinched it, and uh, and so the celebration involved not just the team, our teammates, but uh, the families that were there because you know they're with you, they're supporting you the whole way. And I had my brothers. Uh, uh, you know, I wish my dad was was still alive at that time because that would have been a moment uh, that, that would have made him so proud. But and you know, in laws. I mean, of course. Uh, uh, the players, you know, because you know how hard they work and to see them so happy, that just, that euphoric feeling, it just spread throughout the clubhouse. And, uh, and of course, we uh, took a uh, flight back uh, uh, to San Francisco, and it was just, you know, one continuous party, then the uh, parade, and then you, you realize how many people you affected uh, in the Bay Area. I mean, we had a million people in that parade and uh, you're going around and, and you're in awe and, and you're just amazed at, at, at what you're looking at. And then we went to city hall, you're looking out there at a, just a, a sea of black and orange and all these people. And uh, uh, so it, it's, it's really uh, humbling, mind boggling. And, uh, um, and the, the one thing that I had a, 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 not a tough time, but it was a weird time for me. Uh, 
after that game, I would still wake up in the morning thinking, we got a game. And I would be thinking of lineups. And, and I would tell my wife, Cam, I'd say, uh, I keep waking up. She goes, it's over. You just got to keep telling yourself it's over. But uh, anyway, uh, it's, it's just a, a, a feeling uh, that's so hard to describe, but it's just so special. You know, when you see how you reach people beyond the clubhouse, I would imagine it's extremely moving. When you're a player, you're moved in a different type of way, as we know. And you'd mentioned, you know, you're, you're signed in, in 1975 and you get your call up as a player to begin your nine year career in 1978. What do you remember about how you were affected personally by getting the call up? Who told you? What are the stories behind it? And who'd you contact immediately? Yeah, well, I mean, you're talking about going against all odds. Uh, uh, and that was me in 1978. That was the year I was called up. And uh, I'll preface everything uh, on why I said that. Uh, I signed in 1975. I was in, the, I was in the secondary phase, but I was a first-round pick. And that's not the same as a first-round pick in the regular phase. And the secondary phase was for players who had previously been drafted before. So... And I had a good year, my rookie uh, year, but I, I tore my ACL. But I was considered, a, you know, one of their top prospects. Well, I had a knee infection from the surgery. Next two years were just a struggle for me. So I go in 1978 in spring training. I just get married in January. And uh, I'm hoping to make the triple-A team as a starting catcher. So, I, you know, I really worked hard all winter. Go in spring training. I think I have a pretty good spring. And when we break camp uh, – I find out I'm not only uh, not going to Trump way, I'm going to Dubway, Columbus, Georgia, and I'm not going to be the starting catcher. I'm going to be the backup catcher. So I said, well, I just got married. I'm thinking I got to do what's right for my family. Maybe it's time for me, uh, you know, to, to get a real job because I have, you know, responsibility for the family. And a guy named Bob Clark, who lives in San Diego, he was, uh, he was one of our coordinators, and uh, I played for Bob Clark. He was a manager one year. Sat down with me, and uh, he talked me out of it. He said, Bruce, listen, you have nothing else to do this summer. Go have some fun. You love baseball. You know, hey, you never know. Just go uh, enjoy yourself there, and then after the season, make that decision. Don't do it right now because you have a job. And so I go to Columbus, Georgia. I'm backing up a catcher named Reggie Baldwin, and I'll, sh- I'll shorten this up. Well, on July 19th, I, you know, they had called Reggie Baldwin up and uh, before me, and I became the regular catcher in double Well, he got run over by Dave Parker, a home plate collision. So they had to call up another catcher, and they were really out of catchers to call up except for me because I had a, a few years in the minor league. So they called me up in Knoxville, Tennessee. First thing I did is call my wife. She, she thought I was kidding with her. You know, she couldn't believe it. And my parents had the same reaction. Oh, no way. No way. Because you have that on such a high pedestal. So um, I was called up and uh, uh, I had to meet the team in New York. And I, I remember we could because we were heading home to Columbus off a road trip that day, that night. And I had like $20 on me. So they loaned me $40. I met the team in New York. Well, I go to the uh, New York Sheridan. And uh, the team's not there. So I thought somebody played a joke on me. They were in Houston playing a game. And instead of having me go to Houston, they said, well, just meet us in New York. So I thought that they got me good on this one. And uh, so I was up there by myself. But anyway, 
you know, it's a moment you never forget. And uh, I, I, I still see it like it was yesterday. Boach, your, your dad was a, a, a major factor in your life. Uh, it, Sergeant Major Gus Bochy uh, in the U.S. Army. What was that conversation like uh, when you talked to him and, and saying he, you were going to the big leagues? Yeah, um, you know what? I, I think he was uh, more excited, uh, nervous too, I think, uh, uh, but just elated uh, for me because uh, of what just happened. Uh, uh, he was such a big baseball fan. I, I mean, he he coached us uh, in Little League. He coached uh, an Army team all the time when we lived in Panama and South Carolina. He was uh, the coach. And uh, and so this was a big moment for him. Uh, uh, my older brother was drafted by the Twins. And uh, so, you know, he lived and died baseball. And, he you know, he listened to uh, the games when he could. And uh, so uh, I, I think this was his proudest moment uh, uh, looking back. When you look at it, too, you get that first appearance. Take us into uh, the batter's box when you got your first hit and also uh, take us into your first home run because those are special moments. Oh, you know, I'll never forget how, how nervous I was. Uh, we had a doubleheader, and uh, I'm in the bullpen at uh, Old Shea Stadium, and uh, I'm not playing the first game, and uh, I don't know if I'm playing the second game. So I got nine innings uh, to think about this well am i gonna play and i kept thinking just don't embarrass yourself don't don't embarrass your family you know uh because again i came from double a i had never played triple a baseball so you know i i was uh uh you know in uncharted uh, waters obviously uh and so uh, after the game you know back then it was only 20 minute uh break and uh so five minutes went by still didn't know the lineup and then uh Bob Lillis came out, read the lineup, and I was catching. And my heart just started pounding. And uh, and Martin Lamagella was pitching. And uh, I still remember the first pitch he threw uh, was right down the middle. And they called it, uh, umpire Billy Williams called it a ball. And I turned around. He says, son, you turn around again, and you're never going to get a strike. He just aired me out. And I just <laughs> threw the ball back as fast as I could. And uh, – <laughs> anyway, um, Craig Swan was pitching for the Mets, and he really was a hard thrower. And uh, first time up, I got a line drive base hit to right and uh, threw a batter, a, a runner out, and uh, got two hits in that game. And uh, we lost two to one. But uh, you know, just to have a game like that, your first game, it, it's, it certainly helped me. How soon after that, uh, if not then, was your family actually in the stands to see you play as a big leaguer? Uh, actually, uh, when we uh, I uh, went home, back home to Houston. My wife drove from Columbus, Georgia uh, uh, to see a game. Uh, she brought my sister. My dad flew out. But uh, I still remember my uh, my wife telling me, yeah, I I have a, a husband in the big leagues. I, I go to see him play. I couldn't get a hotel room across from the Astrodome. And so they had to sleep in the car that night. They didn't have a, a room. And, uh, and we, we got in the next day. And uh, – uh, so she still laughs about that. So it was the next uh, um, uh, homestand because when I was called up, Bill Burden called me up. And he said, you know, this probably is for 10 days. And so they didn't want to miss a chance to see uh, me in the big leagues and didn't know when I, I would be sent down. And I kept being told, you know, hey, hang in there. What? We don't know if you're going to stay here or not, but I kept hitting and I kept getting my hits and everything. And I stayed up the rest of the year. 
10 days turns into nine years as a player. Yeah, that's a well, of a I had, you know, some ups and downs there, you know, sitting down a couple times in San Diego, but uh, you're right, you know, and you know what, what was strange for me was when I got called up, I could see the ball better. You know, the, those old yeah. ballparks, the lights are so dark and playing Columbus, Georgia, and you're facing major league pitching, young prospects throwing, you know, over 90. It, it was hard to see back then. And, uh, and the big leagues, all of a sudden, the ball was wider. It was uh, it just seemed a, a little easier to hit. And sometimes, you know, you, it's it's been said that it's easier to hit the big leagues because they're around the plate a little bit more. But, you know, you find out with the – caliber of pitching uh, that you see on a daily basis that's not quite true well you saw some high quality pitching and you happen to be the answer uh to a trivia question uh, i'm sure you're aware but i don't know that our listeners are when i talk about high octane guys you had to see with good lighting i'm talking nolan ryan the hall of famer uh he's only given up had only given up one walk-off home run uh in his career that spanned more than four decades and uh you happen to be the guy who hit it Bottom of the 10th in a, in a game, uh, Astros-Padres back in 1985. What do you remember about that moment? Well, I mean, I, I wasn't um, as, uh, expecting to play that day uh, because Nolan Ryan was pitching. And, uh, and, and Dick Williams, for some reason, played me uh, against Nolan. I ended up asking Dick a little bit later. I said, "I could have started me instead of Terry Kennedy against Nolan Ryan." And you know, I was looking for something nice from him. And uh, he said, "Ah, I just didn't want to get my regular catcher hurt." You know, that that was Dick Williams' <laughs> style. But anyway, uh, you know, I caught him in the ninth inning. Uh, he probably his velocity has gone down about 95 and uh, he threw a ball down and in if there's one pitch I could hit was something down and in and uh, and I just remember uh, you know of course uh, the, the feeling you have when it's you know the game's over you hit a walk off but uh, walking in that clubhouse and they had a red carpet at old Jack Murphy old Qualcomm that went from uh, the door to uh, my locker and Greg Nettles and Tim Flannery had put a six pack of beer on ice in my helmet. And they had that, they had that waiting on me and, uh, and, uh, probably shouldn't say this, uh, but you know, I've never told this story, but my dad was in Las Vegas and my dad would actually bet on baseball and he had a three, a three team parlay and he had a Padres as the last team on that little parlay ticket. It was like a $25 ticket, whatever. And all these people were waiting for the game to end. And when I hit the home run, he was the only one throwing his hands up because the <laughs> rest of the people had bet on Houston. So I had, had a little funny touch to it. I made my dad a couple dollars. Oh, that's a great story. Uh, Boach, <laughs> uh, I'm going to stay in 1985 because there was a, a Major League Baseball moment uh, that you were a big part of. And it was Pete Rose, uh, September 11th, 1985. He has his his 4,192nd hit and you're behind the plate that night take us through your lens of what you remember about that moment because the energy in the at the field must have been incredible incredible it was you know I got to preface this a little bit too because I was not expecting to play against these uh, right-handers that we were going to face with Cincinnati and TK Terry Kennedy hurt his back so he was down so now I'm excited because I, I'm going to be behind the plate when Pete possibly could uh, 
break this record. Now, I wasn't trying to let him break it, but uh, the first game uh, I caught, uh, Lamar Hoyt was pitching, and he went 0 for 4. We just kept pounding him in with fastballs. And then second game, Eric Shaw was pitching, and, uh, you know, the dumb catcher uh, called a slider, and it was a hanging slider, and it's kind of the bat speed that Pete had at that age, and uh, he got the base hit. And uh, you saw history made. And, uh, you know, and uh, to see what, you know, what happened in that ballpark, uh, uh, you know, with the, not just the players, the fans, his family, uh, uh, you, you know, you realize that you're part of history. And, uh, of course, after the game, uh, it was like Mardi Gras there. But, uh, and I got quite a few pictures that Pete sent over without me asking for him. I, I never uh, solicited uh, him to sign some, but he sent them over to me. Um, uh, that he signed. And I just, uh, uh, you know, am thankful, uh, for moments like that, because as you, as you know, Mark, you know, this game allows you to take part in uh, some really special times, meet some special people. Now yeah. that time was really uh, cool to be part of. Well, that's, that is cool moments. Uh, the perspective of your lens, which you just described, um, I, I love hearing this Boach, and you were behind the plate was there a pitcher that sticks out in your career that you loved catching or you just said, you know what, this stuff is better than anything I've ever caught. Yeah. Uh, J.R. Richard, uh, you know, he stands out to me. Uh, I mean, I've been fortunate that I caught some really good ones and Nolan Ryan was on that team. And we all know about Nolan, uh, but Nolan actually was a little easier to catch than J.R. Richard, but J.R. You know, he threw a hundred, his ball would run. He had these big fingers and he threw a slider at 93 uh, plus and, uh, and he had the split and, uh, uh, and I just, you know, I feel awful. Uh, what happened with him? Uh, he ended up having a stroke or this guy definitely, he, he would have been in the hall of fame. Uh, uh, he was a Randy Johnson from the right side, big, tall, right hander, intimidating and, uh, just incredible stuff. But, you know, the thing I remember uh, first time I went to spring training, uh, when I caught him, I said, if I have to hit this type of pitching, I have no chance, no chance of playing the big leagues. <laughs> you know, Bruce, when uh, we look at some of the accomplishments you, you put together as a player, uh, I don't know if everybody at uh, home or in driving is listening to this knows that you are part of every single Padres postseason appearance, either as a player or as a manager. In fact, he played in the 84 series against Detroit, even got a hit. Uh, coming from double A to the big leagues is one thing. Getting on the national, if not global stage as a participant in the World Series has to be another. What do you remember about that experience? Yeah, you know, I mean, each one is uh, so special in its own way. And, uh, you know, when when we went to the World Series in 84, I, I, especially – going against the odds that uh, we had to go uh, go through to beat the, the Chicago Cubs down two games and uh, and uh, to get to the World Series. Uh, you know, that was uh, uh, my first World Series. And uh, it's you actually see, you know, firsthand why you play the game. And, 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 and you, you have it in the back of your mind, uh, you know, as a young kid or uh, – even as a young player, you know, that you're going to get to the World Series. But until you get there, you, you realize it's even bigger than you ever thought. And, uh, you know, the, 
uh, the moment, the, uh, the you know, the, the atmosphere, the, the energy, everything that goes with it. And, uh, and so each one uh, was special. But all the, the post-seasons, uh, 96, I'll never, never uh, forget uh, going in L.A., uh, having to win all three to, you know, to win our division there. Uh, 98, what a special team that was. And, you know, I didn't know if I'd ever get back to the World Series. But uh, that's, a, you know, that's a time that you know, up until winning the World Series, that, that was my special moment. It still is uh, because we had such a great team, such great chemistry on that club. And uh, and I think we did uh, quite a bit for baseball and helped put a new ballpark in. So a lot came with that. And But the other postseason, they, they were all special. What's the difference between uh, being a player versus a manager in the World Series? What's the difference from uh, from that from that vantage point? How does it differ? Well, I, I'm probably a little different. Uh, you know, being a role player versus an everyday player. Uh, um, you know, as a manager, uh, you know, you have a lot more say in the World Series, or or you have a lot more responsibility, I should say. Uh, you know, as a role player, uh, I got one at bat. Uh, uh, but as a manager, every game, you know, you, you know that uh, uh, every move can determine whether you, you win that game or not, or it's probably going to get scrutinized, uh, uh, questioned. Uh, uh, so there's a lot more pressure, or I felt a lot more pressure as a manager, uh, uh, you know, to, to try to win that game. Uh, uh, so, you know, I probably wouldn't uh, quite say the same thing if I was an everyday player. Bocha, I want to focus on the 98 team um, because I, I was a part of that team as a, as an extra player. But I really want to focus on a point you made, uh, even with the Giants. You had a feeling about a club. Um, Kevin Towers, uh, the GM of the Padres, acquires Kevin Brown from Florida Marlins. And that was uh, really a difference maker because we already had Andy Ashby in the, in the rotation, along with others, Sterling Hitchcock, Joey Hamilton, but you also had Trevor Hoffman in the bullpen and it almost seemed like it started snowballing in the right direction. Even in spring training, we always talk about how important that chemistry is. Take us through that 98 team and, and, and what it meant to you and how it was uh, to manage that club, especially with Kevin Brown on the front end and you got Trevor Hoffman in the back end. Yeah. You know, as I uh, think back on that 98 team, I, um, I, I mean, I really mean this. I really thought, uh, uh, just like our 2010 team uh, with the Giants, I thought that 98 team uh, would win our division. Uh, I, I really felt that, uh, uh, obviously, getting Kevin Brown, uh, a number one guy, that was a, a big need for us. But, you know, we won our division in 96. We stumbled in 97, but it was more injuries with the pitching staff. We still swung the bats well. Now we got everybody healthy and uh, and just the look of our club. And and I got it from a different perspective uh, when I went up to San Francisco because Brian Sabian told me, he said, when we saw you guys in spring training, we said, uh-oh, I knew you guys were going to win uh, your division. I mean, we just – we had uh, everything on that team. I mean, not just talent. I mean, the presence, uh, uh, but we had power, speed. Uh, we had pitching. We had the best closer in the game. Uh, we, we didn't have a weakness. And we, we sure won over 100 games. As you know, we stumbled in, in September, and uh, 
you know, because we clinched it so early and probably dropped our guard a little bit. But, uh, uh, I mean, that that team, uh, I, I really felt that uh, we we would win the World Series. And if we would have hung on and won that first game, I think we could have made it uh, uh, interesting because that team had a lot of confidence. I mean, we, we lost some tough games at times. Uh, you know, the game I brought in Kevin Brown against the Braves, we had to go to Atlanta. Uh, and then face Glavin and then possibly Maddox. They didn't face that club. You know, I remember Hoffy, you know, having a great time on the plane. And, and I, you know, I'm thinking, how's this team going to react? This thing about meeting with this team. I said, I don't need to meet with this club because we had men, all you guys, we had a great bench. Uh, you being a leader on that bench, uh, but every guy led in his own way. I can go from Caminetti to Joyner, uh, to Hernandez, uh, uh, Brown, Hoffy, everybody, to Greg Vaughn, uh, uh, Finley, and, of course, Tony Gwynn. So, you know, they weren't just great players, you guys, uh, but you, 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 you led in your own way. And uh, it was such an easy team to manage, a fun team to manage, and uh, probably as good as any team I've seen come together and uh, have great chemistry. You know what, Boach? I mean, it ended up losing to a team that really was – was better and the timing was right. They were so talented, but getting Tony Gwynn on that main stage again, uh, it was 1984 when he was in the world series. Also being in New York really helped. I want to focus on one, one individual. Cause I know you had a special relationship with him. And I think our listeners need to understand that Trevor Hoffman's coming out of the ninth. You hear hell's bells. And I'm sure that song puts a smile on your face. When you managed him, he had 457 saves. That's pretty incredible, but it's also a security blanket that you probably felt good about. But you had a special relationship with him. Take us into that and what he meant to your career individually. Well, I kid about this. Uh, you know, the reason I was able to manage uh, 25 years in the major leagues is because of Trevor Hoffman, <laughs> you know, with uh, – you know, the security he gave me and uh, all the wins that uh, he helped me get. Uh, you know, Trevor, uh, you know, you hear the great athletes make others around them better. Uh, he made our bullpen better. He led the way, not just, uh, you know, in the games, but uh, in preparation, uh, uh, their physical uh, preparation as far as working out and stuff. He would take them out on runs and everything. Uh uh, on the road, you know, he would uh, have the guys come over to his room. Uh, uh, he was like having having a, another coach leader on the staff. And uh, uh, but again, you're looking at a guy that just stabilized every bullpen that I ever had. The one year I didn't have Trevor Hoffman, I saw what life was like without him. I think that was 2003, but I might be a year off. But uh, uh, so. You know, as a manager, you're thankful for not just getting a talented player like this, but a guy that changes, uh, you know, the character of, of the team that leads the team uh, in the way he did. And uh, so I'm forever grateful for all the little things he did besides just the saves. 1998, the very special year you're talking about, uh, comes with perks. I know it wasn't the, the perk you wanted in that uh, fabulous World Series ring, but you do get a perk. You get a chance to manage the all-star team in uh, 1999 in Boston uh, when baseball is recognizing members of its all-century team and Ted Williams throws out the first pitch. What do you remember about the buildup leading to that, seeing Ted Williams out there and the 
the enormity of that moment for you, Bruce? Uh, I think we all were just blown away. Uh, I don't know if there's there's been an all-star game, uh, you know, with the presentation uh, or uh, with the pregame uh, uh, that Boston uh, had that year. And, uh, um, you know, I, I still remember, I'll, I'm going to go back for a second. Uh, when we won that last game in Atlanta uh, uh, to go to uh, the World Series, I, I remember Rob Picciolo, his first comment was, we're going to the all-star game next year, you know? So <laughs> it was, it was big to a lot of people. And, uh, uh, but we get there and of course, Ted Williams and see Tony Gwynn out there with them. Uh, um, you know, you realize the history you're looking at and, uh, and, uh, and the greatest players in the world. And, uh, uh, and for me to be managing that team, uh, was a moment I never thought I would see, you know, I love managing in the minor leagues. I never saw myself as a major league manager because I put that on such a high pedestal. And I'm sitting in that Boston dugout going, are you kidding me? I'm actually uh, managing the National League team here uh, with all that's going on. And uh, so very humbling, uh, uh, very special moment. And I have some, uh, you know, a lot of stuff here that uh, I'd say from that ball game, including the lineup cards. When you end up wrapping up your time in San Diego, and you move over to San Francisco to handle the Giants. We've talked about the 2010 World Series. You win it again uh, in 2012 as you're able to handle uh, Detroit pretty well. And then 2014 against Kansas City was extraordinary. Most fans remember it for Madison Bumgarner. What do you remember about 2014 and how did it resonate to Bruce Bochy? Yeah, I think I remember uh, Madison Bumgarner as well as as much as anything uh, in that postseason run. Because, and the reason I'm saying that, I think we saw the greatest postseason performance that uh, has ever happened in uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, you talk about uh, Mickey Lolich and, and what he did against the Cardinals, but uh, um, you know what Madison did. Uh, he had to pitch a wild card game on the road. He threw a shutout. Uh, you know, he just led the way. And uh, I still remember him uh, after game five in the World Series. He just threw 118 pitches, shut out the Royals. And uh, it was 15 minutes after the game when he came in my office. And I remember Rick Sutcliffe was in there. He's, he asked Sutt to leave that he wanted to talk to me for a couple minutes. So I thanked him for asking for getting Sutt out of there. But uh, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> All kidding aside, he, he he comes in and uh, he said, hey, I just uh, want you to know if you want to win this thing, you're going to put me back in there. I'm good to go game six. I said, bum, I can't put you in game six, you know, and PV started game six. And uh, and he said, all right, game seven. I said, well, that's Huddy's start. And he really uh, was close with Tim Hudson. And he said, oh, no, you have to let Tim pitch, but have me ready and uh, get me in there and we'll win this thing. And uh, so this is the confidence and uh, yeah, that this guy had, but not just the confidence. You look at the numbers uh, and they'll just blow you away. So, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was a, um, a special uh, World Series in the fact that uh, went seven games. We had to win it on the road going against all odds there. And uh, we won it because of him. His ring should be on that picture. <laughs> Pablo Sandoval. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. His picture should be on that ring. Sorry. 
<laughs> you're probably right, right over the stone, right? Because everyone was in astonishment of, of his performance all the way through the playoffs. Uh, Boach, when you put and you look at all three of those rings up in San Francisco, is it is it different looking at every single one? Because all of those teams were were very different, even though they had the same components. Is that something that you like to reflect on now that you're, that you're finished managing? Yeah, you know what it is. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, um, you know, as a manager, you probably don't celebrate uh, your, your great moments or your great times uh, as much as you should. So I, I do a, a little bit more reflecting now. And, uh, but to your point, yeah, each ring, uh, I think of the, uh, the way we won and the, and the, and the different uh, um uh, teams and how they uh, accomplished uh, winning the World Series. I mean, you go to uh, 2012 and, uh, you know, six times we were facing elimination. Uh, we were down 0-2 to the Reds in uh, uh, NLDS and NLCS. We were down 3-1 to the Cardinals. Uh, we we uh, swept the uh, Tigers, but, uh, I mean, what, what we had to do to win that World Series. Uh, and really – it was always uh, seemed like somebody different uh, uh, that was a hero from uh, Juan Uribe, uh, uh, Cody Ross, uh, uh, you know, to you know Bumgarner, of course Posey. You know, you had the consistent uh, guys that did the uh, uh, contributing, but uh, we always picked up somebody like a Marco Scuro who uh, would carry us, and uh, that's credit to Brian Sabian, our baseball staff, and. Uh, and so, yeah, every year it, it's, it was different. And uh, so when, when I uh, look at the different rings, I, I think of the different ways uh, in which we did it. I love those uh, individual stories, a Travis Ishikawa, uh, those type of things that are, are, are really amazing and what makes those years special. And thinking about special, Boach, uh, both of your sons were involved with baseball. And uh, Greg played minor league baseball with the Padres. Then here comes Brett. And why I mentioned Brett individually is that he made his debut with the Giants. September 13th, 2014, you come out of the dugout, you make a pitching change, and you signal to get, bring in the right-hander. And here comes your son in to take the ball from you to pitch in his first major league game. What was that like for you? Because this, to me, is, is such a great story. Yeah. Um, I, I could get emotional here because, uh, you know, when that happened, I mean, so many different emotions were running through me. I mean, I was nervous. I was proud. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I just couldn't, uh, um, wait for this moment to happen. And, and, and at the time I didn't realize this had never happened in baseball. And, uh, you know, the game before we were getting beat up pretty good by the Dodgers. I didn't put them in because I didn't want to show favoritism to Brett so I used a couple other pitchers and the fans were hooting on me a little bit because, you know, they were curious. They wanted to see them. And, uh, and then I get home and I got mama barking at me because I didn't put them <laughs> in. She goes, he's not here to pick up a paycheck, put them in. And so, um, I put in, a uh, the next day, uh, we're getting beat up again, unfortunately. And I had a pitcher out there, Mike kick him, and, uh, he just couldn't get through the inning and now the bases are loaded. And uh, I got to go get bread. And so I go out there and I'm nervous as can be, as I mentioned, <laughs> and Juan Uribe's up. So I said, here, Brett, just throw strike one down the way to Juan. 
flip him some sliders, you got him. You know, there were two outs. He throws strike one, throws some slider just off the plate, and Uribe doesn't even start to swing. He walks him, then he gets the next guy in a pop-up. He comes back to the dugout. He goes, hey, Dad, nice scouting report. <laughs> so, so anyway, I, I'll try not to get too long here, but uh, the next day I go to Juan Uribe. I go, how, how did you lay off those, those sliders? He says, I wasn't going to swing the bat off your son. I was going to take three right down the middle. We, we had you guys beat. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me that when I was going out to the mound? Because <laughs> normally, I said, normally you would have swung at those. He goes, yeah, you're right. And uh, so, uh, and on the other coin, uh, side of the coin, I get home and my wife's barking at me for putting them in with the bases loaded. So, <laughs> uh, so now I, you know, I had to deal with her, but, you know, I talk about that moment and that was a world series moment for me. It, it really was. And, uh, you know, it's a memory we both will share and, uh, we still talk about it occasionally. Uh, uh, as a dad, you can be more proud. And, uh, you know, it's funny I, when, when your kid plays a position, you don't get so nervous, but as a pitcher, I, I think you get just a little bit more nervous. And, uh, and that's the way I was when he came in. You ever have to get upset at him and have to send the pitching coach in to talk to him because you don't want to get too fatherly? <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> I, I probably didn't use him enough to where he got in trouble. He actually threw the ball well up there. I mean, and you know, looking back at you know his numbers, he earned his way there, and that yeah. that's what he should be proud of because you know uh, he would have to deal with oh I'm he's he's my son and that's why he was called up, but. You know, the, the numbers show enough evidence that uh, he definitely should have been called up and got called up twice. And uh, and even though it was a cup of coffee, uh, uh, you know, that's such a special moment for kids. And uh, But for him and me, uh, it's a moment we'll never forget. Bruce, when it's all said and done, 12 years as a manager in San Diego, 13 uh, as a skipper in San Francisco, the three World Series championships we talked about, Ten managers in baseball have won at least three of those championships. The other nine are in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, you've had a little bit of time away, and I know you get this question periodically, but you're a selfless person by nature. Have you had a chance to consider what it might be like and whether you feel worthy of being elected one day into Cooperstown? Yeah, yeah, uh, tough one. Uh, you know, uh, Again, you know, that's, uh, that's a place, uh, that's, you know, it's, it's so sacred and, uh, it's enshrined with, uh, the greatest players in the world. So no, I, I, I can't wrap my arms around, uh, that ever happening. Uh, you know, I think of Johnny Bench, Willie Mays and these guys, you know, that's a place for them. And I know managers are in there and, uh, um, but just like, ever managing in the major leagues that's on such a high pedestal uh, i don't think about it i can't think about it uh it's it, it, it just you know it's just too humbling uh uh to even think that uh i deserved it to go in the hall of fame and uh i've been fortunate to manage some great teams win some world series uh but you're talking about the hall of fame so it that's that's a tough one Boach, I'll, I'll speak for all the players that have, have played under you. Also, uh, the people within baseball. Uh, it's an easy decision because of the way you represent yourself, the way you re represented the organizations that you managed, 
but also the respect throughout baseball. And I think that uh, carries a lot of weight in this Hall of Fame voting. And I think we all understand that that's going to be probably an easy decision, not an easy thing to answer. Um, I'll ask you this. Uh, you managed last year. You got over 2,000 wins. Um, and you decide to, to get away from baseball. What's next for Bruce Bochy? Yeah, um, I, I, I can't give you a great answer on that because I, I really don't know uh, right now. I am working for the Giants. Uh, the plan this year was, uh, you know, to go to the minor leagues, get to know uh, uh, the players down there, uh, uh, hopefully uh, helping out Farhan and uh, baseball ops, uh, watching uh, the major league team. Uh, um, and I've been asked if I'm going to manage again. And, uh, and I probably give a better answer when the year's over i'm good right now i did manage the french team in the wbc that got canceled uh just uh because i love love to manage and uh and so you know whether uh, i you know want to do it or get that chance to do it again i i don't know but uh um i i will say i'll stay in baseball it, you know it's in my blood and uh, uh so i'll wait and see and see what happens uh, next year well, baseball's lucky to have you as long as you're willing to be a part of it. You'll forever be a part of it in some fashion. Uh, but if you jump back in in the manager's seat, I know the game would love to have you back in that role. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Guys, I really appreciate you uh, talking with me. And uh, I, I've enjoyed this. Uh, it's great going down memory lane. And, uh, you know, uh, as, I, as I'm sitting here talking to you guys, trust me, I had some emotions uh, running through me. Uh, some, some of these things we were talking about. So thanks for that. I'll also say this, Boach, um, from all of us, um, thank you for everything you've done in baseball and you continue to do. And the one thing that I'm excited about is I'm glad your dad bet on yourself uh, when it came down to <laughs> Nolan Ryan game. That was a, that was a great story. Yeah. yeah no, oh, thanks. Thanks. And, you know, Swings, I'll take a second and thank you too. You know, nothing... Uh, ever happens without the help of others and uh, you being a, a, a part of my career I thank you and uh, you're, you're always such a, a great professional and uh, helped us win a, a lot of games and uh, provided leadership in that clubhouse so thank you I appreciate that Poach thanks Thanks so much for checking out Major League Beginnings. If you had as much fun as we did, we hope you'll go ahead and hit the subscribe button where you usually download your podcast from. It could be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you like. We're just glad to have you aboard, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.